listening to episode 117 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. That's right, we've done 116 of these already. And if you are still around listening, thank you so much. And today I'm joined by Mr. Brad Brown. Jonathan had to step out here. He had a meeting. So it's just the two of us here in the studio today. Yeah. Do you have any 4th of July plans? Because that is coming up next week. I know some people go out of town, do some barbecuing. Do you, do you have anything going on? Well, you know, 4th of July is a unique day for me. Do you know why, John Mark? Oh, I do know why. It's because it's your birthday but, on 4th of July. But you did not know that when you asked the question, <laughs> did you? You mentioned it the other day, uh, and I forgot. So I'm terrible at remembering birthdays. I forget birthdays all the time. I mean all the time to people that are super close to me that I should not forget. But it's not fair because my birthday's on July 4th. It's so easy to remember. So you're going to be 34 this year? 34 years young. That's right. Yeah, my mid-30s. How old are you? 34. I'll okay. be 35. Yeah. Coming so, up soon. Yeah, so normally we get barbecue at lunch because there's not a ton of restaurants right. open. And right. the night you want to do fireworks. Right. So, yeah, we're going to go get some barbecue at lunch. feels right. Good, man. And then I think we're going to watch fireworks. That's normally what happens. Good. I'm not a big parade guy. Like, if someone invited me to a parade, 4th of July parade, I'm not against the parade, but I don't think I would go. Yeah. I mean, fireworks are always a good call. I've, I spent most of my 4th of Julys at the swimming pool growing up. Because my parents have a pool, and so oh, that's yeah. where I that's, that's where great. I would be hanging out most of the, most of the time. Yeah, you know what I want to do. Eventually, I want to get a slow cooker. Is that what it's called? No. What's it called that you can do like ribs in? I should have thought this through more before <laughs> I started talking to not sound like an idiot. Well, it's now not a slow now, cooker. Now that you've uh, said slow cooker, I uh, can't even think of what it's called now. What's it called? Because now I keep thinking oh, air fryer, man. but it's not an air it's fryer. It's not an air fryer. You want a smoker. Smoker. You want a smoker. And I want it to cook slow. That's what I'm, yeah. that's what I was trying to say. A lot of people smoke things on 4th of July. It's a good day to do it. Like throw some ribs in there. Yes. Maybe ribs. throw a Boston butt Maybe in there. Maybe some wings. Maybe, Maybe do some wings. Do some wings. Do like some, yeah, just all man, kinds of stuff. I would, I'd love to be that guy that has like a great ribs recipe, and then someone's like, man, have you had Brad's ribs? Like, could you imagine being that person, I, I can't imagine. I am not. I don't have the uh, the tools. I don't have the accessories in the yeah. grill to do that. But yeah, that's right. That sounds pretty awesome. Well, we're going to be going to Wisconsin this weekend, and we'll be out of town celebrating Fourth of July up there, seeing oh, wow. Ashley's mom and uh, that 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 side of her family, and so it's going to be really awesome. That's fun. It'll be good for the boys. And uh, Ashley and I are actually going to see Dave Matthews Band on Saturday night. Wow. In Wisconsin. I'm sad that Jonathan's not here to just totally freak out. Yeah, he, we could totally nerd out on some Dave Matthews, but we're I'm very excited. This is my first time to see them. Ashley has seen them, I don't know, probably like ten times or something. There's time, been a, so. a video going around of him dancing on stage in kind of a goofy way. Oh, Have really? you seen that? No, uh-uh. Yeah, is should. this like a new video? Yeah, or is it's, it like it's old worth a Google. No, I think okay. it's brand new. All right, cool. Yeah. Sounds great. That's well, awesome. let's go to uh, Jam's album of the week. Oh, cool. Jam's album of the week. Okay, so my album this week needs a little bit of context before I hit play on it. Do you know who Daniel Lanois is? The let's, name just, let's just start there. 
The name sounds so familiar. So Daniel Lanois is a very famous musician, but also more more importantly, what he's known for is actually being a producer. Huh. He's produced some great records, such as I don't know if you've ever heard of the Joshua Tree by U2. Wow. Or well, he's actually produced several U2 records. Uh, he's also produced some Bob Dylan records later in Bob's career. Oh Mercy and Time Out of Mind. Goodness. He's just like a monster, monster producer, and he's he does a lot of ambient music as well. Well, he has uh, some solo records as well, and there is one called Shine, and that is my album of the week. Here's the song that I wanted to feature. It's called Falling at Your Feet. This album came out in 2003. It's got the classic Daniel Lanois production vibes on it. Man, I love this. Oh, he also produced some Peter Gabriel records that were really popular, too. All right, so you may say, like, why? Like, why this random record pulled yeah. from 2003 why daniel lanois that's what i was thinking why this song yeah so i was actually driving home last night from atlanta i played a gig yesterday driving home late late put this song on randomly i was like you know i'd heard a lot about this record and i put this song on listening to it for the first time and in a second this voice comes in you'll hear it in just a moment like my gosh that voice sounds really familiar and uh it's bono so bono is on this track so then i really start to pay attention at that point because then i'm like okay bono's on here they're obviously they've worked together a ton daniel and was produced a number of u2 records so i'm and you know when i'm first listening to it i'm like taking notice of the production and the guitar work and all that stuff that's right so anyways Here's here's kind of Bono's big introduction into the song. Classic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so then as I'm paying attention closer, now I start paying attention to the lyrics more, and I'm like, and then I go and look at it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this song is just a straight-up worship song. And so I start paying attention to the lyrics. I'm going like, oh, every every eye closed by a bruise, every player who just can't lose, every pop star howling abuse, every drunk back on the booze, falling at your feet, falling at your feet, all fall down. All the information, all the big ideas, all fall down. All the radio waves all fall down. Electronic seas all fall down. How to navigate, how to simply be, to know when to wait. This plain simplicity, in whom shall I trust? And how might I be still? Teach me to surrender, not my will, thy will. Wow. And the whole, th- it's its just a straight up worship song. I mean, and, and of course, you know, like Bono's history, like he's, he's written like a lot of, uh, Christian themed music and uses a lot of those themes in his writing and mm-hmm. I mean tons of Joshua Tree is just like 
basically taken out of Psalms and different things like that. And you gotta so, love it. You just gotta love um, it. But I'm just, I was just, blow, I was just blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this song existed. Here's this worship song from Daniel Lanois and Bono. And there's a video uh, of Daniel Lanois performing it live on like this some foreign television show with you two. Uh, with the entire band that's pretty awesome so anyways yeah so check out this record it's called shine by daniel lanois to be fair i've only listened to a few a handful of the other songs like this record's very new to me so i don't know much of what else is (laughs) that was the doorbell much of what else is going on on this uh on this record um but that song is really special and uh, i've sent it to some people and uh, yeah, just it's opened up some good conversations with some of my musician friends. So wow, yeah, shine, Daniel Lenoir. I love it. Now he he did produce the beginning of Bradford's book club. If, for those that don't know, yeah, it sounds exactly like that record. Hello, friends. Welcome to another wonderful edition of Bradford's Book Club. Today, I have a book that I'm just jazzed about. It is a number one New York Times bestseller, John Mark. Okay. Numero uno. Fancy. On the New York Times bestseller list. We I know feel like there's a lot of books that get that. Yep. Did you feel like... But this is number <laughs> one. But this is number one. Okay, number one. Got it. We are in the know here at Bradford's Book Club, right. my team and I. Yep. This is a book that I've already said I'm, I'm excited about or something. The book is The Road to Character by David Brooks. Now, John Mark, have you heard of David Brooks before or yes. read anything by him? Uh, I've read some articles that he's written. I've never read any of the books that yep. he's written, but I do know who David Brooks is. I've listened to some interviews with him. There's a really good one because he's the journalist from... Uh, he writes for That's like right. the, the op-ed column, the New York he Times. New York Times um, teaches at Yale. He appears on the PBS NewsHour. Yeah, he writes for the Atlantic. Yeah, kind uh, of a big Wall deal. Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, kind of a big deal. I, New I saw Yorker, New York Magazine, Forbes. I saw an interview with him and uh, John Mark Comer interviewed him. Oh yeah, John Mark Comer's a big David Brooks fan. Well, you might have heard from him through that, or Tim Keller will quote him a lot. And yeah. I don't know if he's interviewed him or not. But they've definitely had a lot of interaction back and forth. So th- in this book, The Road to Character, David Brooks focuses on the deeper values that should inform our lives. Brooks challenges us and himself to rebalance the scales between our resume virtues, achieving wealth, fame, and status, and our eulogy virtues. Man, he just has a way of writing that really packs a punch. Resume virtues versus eulogy virtues. I mean, that's so good. Those that exist at the core of our being, kindness, bravery, honesty, and faithfulness. Looking to some of the world's greatest thinkers and inspiring leaders, Brooks explores how through internal struggle and a sense of their own limitations, they have built a strong inner character. Labor activist Frances Perkins understood the need to suppress parts of herself so that she could be an instrument in a larger cause. Dwight Eisenhower organized his life not around impulsive self-expression, but considered self-restraint 
Dorothy Day, a devout Catholic convert and champion of the poor, learned as a young woman the vocabulary of simplicity and surrender. Blending psychology, politics, spirituality, and confessional, the road to character provides an opportunity for us to rethink our priorities and strive to build rich inner lives marked by humility and moral depth. To take a quote from the book, joy, Brooks writes, is a byproduct experienced by people who are aiming for something else, but it comes. So check it out. The Road to Character by David Brooks. I think you'll enjoy it. I love it. What a great recommendation. Well, before we move on, we got to take a trip down to the email email corridor. That's right. We got an email in the email corridor. Very excited. Always love it. I love it when we get an email. Always love it. Man, when my inbox just ding yep. just goes off that's my a, heart flutters the exact sound that it makes a little bit ding you have that every time you get an email it does that every single time ding it just does that wow it's titled so you're doing album analysis now and really the the title it's come this comes from noah stalka but i gotta say just that simple title that that subject line of the email i mean i don't really it's hard sometimes you know to read like what what are they trying to say with that line? What what kind of emphasis did they put on the certain words? How did they did they end that sentence with an inflection? Like That's so right. you're doing album analysis now. Or so you're doing album analysis now? Like sort of like kind of angry about it, like That's upset. Right. That's right. This is the problem with texting. My wife and I will text and I think she's mad at me and she's not. She's happy. Or maybe like, so you're t- you're doing album analysis now? Like kind of kind of scoffing, making fun. That's right. So let's just read on and see what the the tenor, what the timber of this email is. Hi, JM, Jonathan, and Brad. I really enjoyed your breakdown of Poet Priest. Okay, so this sounds like it's positive. Yeah, I'm liking it so far. Positive affirmation. Yeah. Now that you have ventured into album analysis territory, I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on Dear Wormwood by the Oh Hellos. The album is inspired by C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, as well as a book series called The Name of the Wind, which I admit I haven't read. Much like the screw tape letters, the album takes a look at the Christian worldview from an unusual perspective. It seems to follow a loose story of the relationship between a person and a demon and spoiler how that relationship changes when the person becomes a Christian. I have my own thoughts on the interpretation of different songs, but I'd love to hear yours. I think this album lends itself to analysis especially well because of its somewhat cryptic lyrics and how they interact with and sometimes take a back seat to the music. Fair warning, though, I don't know if you'll find yourself agreeing with every idea presented as much as Poet Priest. In my opinion, the Oh Hello's ideas are not always completely theologically sound. Still worth a listen, though. Thanks for your consideration, Noah Stalkup. Wow. Well, thank you for writing in, Noah. Uh, Brad, have you listened to the Oh Hellos at all? Have you listened to this record, heard of it before? I have not. I have read Lewis's book, though, and I just downloaded it on Apple Music. Okay. So That's a good I'm start. ready to give it a listen and to have my main man, Noah Stallcup, come in for a little conversation. Well, I have read the Screwtape Letters as well. I have listened to the Oh Hellos, although I have not listened to their record, Dear Wormwood. 
Now, I can guarantee you, I I know Jonathan well enough to know that he loves the OLOs. He does. He's going to he, be so mad. He's going to be really mad that we so read mad. this email. Um, I believe he's also he's seen be. them live, I'm pretty sure, as well, if I I'm think so. not mistaken. Yeah, he's going to be so, so mad. So I can guarantee you that, that he knows about this record. Yeah. But here's what I'll say in response to all this. Uh, I think it would be cool to do an album analysis of Dear Wormwood by the Oh Hellos, especially considering that Brad and I have really never listened to it before. That's so right. It would actually be kind of fun. You know, Jonathan probably knows it pretty well. I think it would be a fun episode for us to kind of go into it a little cold, maybe only listen to it once or twice before wow, the Wow, kind the of episode. an initial reaction. Just an initial video. reaction, like, do we hate it? Do we like it? What do we What do we love about it? Yeah. So It'll be that, like all those YouTube cool. videos. Right. That could be fun. Um, but yeah, that's a great, thank you for that email, Noah. We'll definitely put that on our, uh, episode list yeah, come for on the in. rest of the year. Come yeah, on in. Yeah. Noah, if you'd like to come and join us for that episode, it sounds like you've given a lot of thoughts to this record and you've listened to it quite a bit. So maybe you'd like to join us and give us your thoughts as well. Could be cool. Side note, just want to remind everybody, uh, as Noah mentioned, Poet Priest, Andy Squires record. Andy Squires is coming to Birmingham. He's coming to Shades Valley Community Church, as we announced last week on Saturday, July 30th. He's going to be performing songs off of his record, Poet Priest. He's billed it as a evening of songs and stories with Andy Squires. Tickets are on sale through Eventbrite. You can find the link in the Shades Valley Instagram bio, or you can just go to eventbrite.com and search Andy Squires. You'll be able to find it there. You really should should order pre-sale tickets if you want to go. Here's the reason why. It's not necessarily that we would sell out because this room does hold quite a lot of people. Now there are a lot of people that love Andy Squires, so it's possible that you we never know. That, it's possible that we could hit capacity. But the reason that you really want to do pre-sale tickets, number one, you guaranteed to get a ticket, guaranteed to get in. Number two, it's actually going to be more expensive to try to get in the day of the show at the door. So tickets will be $15 the day of. You can actually get them for $10 right now. It's a no-brainer. It's a so, no-brainer. So you need to do that. You need to go buy tickets. That's right. We'd do it right now. Don't delay. <laughs> we'd love to have a great, great crowd for when Andy comes. And he's actually going to be preaching on that Sunday as well, July 31st. And then Shades, the group that I'm a part of, will be opening up for Andy on that Saturday night. The show starts at 7.30. Doors are at 6.30. Go buy your tickets, Eventbrite. It's going to be incredible. We're very, very excited about that. Brad... Why don't you tell us uh, what we're doing today? Well, we have recorded an interview that I am so excited about, and I don't think there's anything else I want to say about it. I think I just want to pass it off to Jonathan. So we're really excited uh, this week on Shades Midweek to do uh, an interview that I've been looking forward to for a a little while now, and we have with us today uh, Anton Ivanov. Anton, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Wow. You didn't know we had a live studio audience, did you? It it really (laughs) surprises people. Very surprising, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, just to let everybody know uh, why Anton is here and how we got connected, um, a couple of months ago, uh, I received an email from Beeson Divinity School, uh, of which I and Brad are our alums, and so is Anton. Our alma mater. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and in that uh, email was a link to a, a, a blog 
that mm. Anton had written uh, that intrigued me, and I looked it up and mm. read it. And just as a result of that, I was like, man, I'd really like to meet this guy. Because we weren't at Beeson at the same time. You were there after. When, when were you there? Yeah, 2017 through 21. Yes. And so I just reached out to him via email, and we ended up getting coffee. And in the course of that, he shared with me uh, his life story, his testimony. And I was so personally encouraged I was like, man, you have got, we do this silly podcast called Shades Midweek for our church, and you've got to come on and and share that. Um, and so I'm really excited. That's what he's what he's here to do today. Uh, if, if people can't tell um, from your name and the little bit you've spoken already, uh, you're not you're not from around these parts, are you? Yeah, if they, if they saw me, they would right away say he's from Russia. <laughs> yes, <you know? laughs> that's, that's the thing that gives me away, you know, just my appearance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, Anton, you're from from Russia, and in your your wife, remind me of your wife's name. So my my wife's name is Dasha. Dasha. Uh, Dasha is right. yeah, kind of short for Daria. So Dasha, yes, I'm from uh, Russia. I was born in Kazakhstan, uh, but I grew up in Russia, and so my wife is from Ukraine. Yes, yeah. and and this was uh, what Anton's blog was about was ways that you could be praying for for Ukraine, and so. Um, so yeah, so I reached out and we we got to meet each yeah, other. Yeah, it's interesting because I didn't get that email. You know, you, oh. they, no, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know there was an email going around. So <laughs> I, I wish I got it. So oh, I'm the, actually, you know, I've learned it for the first time. That's how you learn about me. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you yeah. want us to send it to you? <laughs> Would you like us to forward it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I, I think the title was just like ways to pray for Ukraine or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. But anyway, well, so just tell us. Uh, so you were born in Kazakhstan. How how old were you when you when your family moved to Russia? Yes. So I was born in Kazakhstan. My my family was from there. And when I was four, pretty much after the collapse of the USSR, a few years later, we moved to Russia because there were some relatives on my mother's side. And so we moved to a smaller town, um, about four hours away from Moscow. So we, you know, we call it Moscow region, but it's, you know, a good five hours drive, four or five hours drive, maybe half a million city, which by our standards is considered small. Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to tell everybody how many people were in this smaller town. (laughs) It's probably was twice the size of Birmingham, you know, but by our standards, it's somewhat small. Town. Yeah. Town. <laughs> when he used that word town, right. I was like, man, I grew up in a place that we called a city, and I think there were like 75,000 people, <laughs> yeah. something like that. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so um, I grew up there. Uh, at an early age, I picked up a tennis racket, and so pretty much all my life now, I've been playing tennis, and um, at about 15, um, you know, I was getting all right. I was okay, and so at about 15, I guess it probably is in most sports you get to the point where you think all right do i you know take it to the next level do i go professional what's what holds you know in the future and i've never uh, had that thought <laughs> yeah, yeah. with any of the sports that yeah. i've played so clearly yeah. you're you were a very talented yeah. tennis player but well, tennis is just an individual sport so it's mm-hmm. not like you know you're in team and uh and so at 15 you know we tried you know l- you know to go semi-professional here and there it was very expensive and so at 15 uh we, my parents and I, we decided that maybe I should try to go to the U.S. and uh, play college tennis. And mm. uh, that was a very new thing that was getting, you know, becoming more popular for the internationals to start going to the U.S. Yeah, I, I have to ask, is college tennis popular in the U.S.? Because 
I've I've never found myself yeah. at a college tennis match. Yes, uh, comparing to you know college football <laughs> and college <laughs> right. baseball and you sure. know what other sports, mm. it's probably not as popular. But uh, it's very popular to internationals. Okay, awesome. And so, in my estimation, probably ninety percent of all U.S. college uh, you know student athletes who play tennis, they're probably international. Oh wow! wow. So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if you were you know to Google local you know colleges Sanford and UAB uh, men's and women's tennis teams, you'll find out that probably most of those names sound like mine <laughs> and the, all those guys and girls look like me you know just from other countries rough and <laughs> you know uh, we, we would we would stand out so um so yeah at 15 i started learning english uh i pretty much didn't know any english kind of like i would say most people around here know spanish from middle school and high school sure you know? sure just know a couple of words and well, I, I should say <laughs> your English compared to my Spanish is no comparison yes. at all. <laughs> 100%. Well, at 15, you know, it, 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 it probably was about the same. So you could ask, you know, what my name was and where the bathroom was? That, that, was, <laughs> yes. that was probably yeah, the extent yeah, of yes. my Spanish. Yeah, wow. And I could say London is the capital of Great Britain. That's about <laughs> it. <yeah. laughs> uh, so at 15, yeah, started learning English uh, outside of my regular school time, still continuing to play tennis. Um, took a few uh, exams to come to the US like you know you hear uh, you're taking ACT I had to take SAT and a TOEFL it's another exam for international so I had to take those exams and I probably got just the minimum results if that at some some of those exams I didn't even meet the minimum so at 17 I graduated high school in Russia I got a tennis scholarship to uh, college in Harrisburg, Mississippi. Mm. Uh, it was, it's William Carey University, which and and at this point, yeah. What what's your spiritual background? Yeah, good. I'm I'm glad you. I'm glad we have a person who's you know just <laughs> moderating <laughs> this. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I grew up, you know, just in terms of let's just look at it in a bigger scope. So in Russia, you know, it's a heavily influenced uh, culture by Russian Orthodox Church. So it's an Orthodox with a capital O. Uh, environment where you know you can Google it now. Probably, I don't know about more than seventy percent of Russians are Christian, and um, people go. You know, it's it's cultural Christianity, and so most people go to church on Easter and Christmas, and you know when the relics of the saints are being brought. And so people are raised in a Christian environment, and yet. You know, very, very few practice in it, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because, um, you know, there is no such concept of priesthood of all believers. So uh, people don't own Bibles. You know, people, there is no sermon in, in the Orthodox service. So maybe five minutes of that. And so people just don't know the Bible. They, um, for the most part, it's uh, people just live by tradition and rituals that, uh, not always questioned, and so just people just follow that. And so uh, that's uh, that was my you know influence on my mother's side. My dad would claim to be you know atheists, you know slash polytheist, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, uh, even I don't believe in God or just everything is God, uh, mm -hmm. um, and everyone um, you know Allah and Jesus and all they they all got God. And so that was my you know upbringing. But you know to sum it up, I was not interested in anything. You know, I was just. Um, I I was in a Christian environment, but I had no experience with Christianity at all. 
Uh, and so that's how I came to the US. Little did I know I was going to the university named after a famous Baptist missionary, William Perry. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you did not know many Southern Baptists in Russia, is that uh, what you're telling me? Uh, actually, yes. So uh, most missionaries, at least from what I remember, in my hometown, they were probably Baptist. Okay. Uh, but in general, in Russia, uh, when you're trying to describe an evangelical Christian, the word you used to describe him or her is Baptist. So mm-hmm. uh, they are Baptist. So it's just a you know an umbrella term uh, that's in, in a sense you know doesn't carry good reputation. It mm-hmm. carries just very negative um, you know baggage with it. That is just people you know the the, the government in the past would use uh, this term to label you know the position and they would just send them to you know to gulags and. And mm. so, so it's uh, anything evangelical, anything Baptist is almost close to a, you know, a ridiculous or mocking uh, word. So you mm. don't want to be associated with that. Mm. A few months later, I was in the Baptist school. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, and you yeah. didn't know it was a Baptist school as you were headed there? No, I actually didn't know, you know, where I was going. And it, I would guess the most internationals, you know, go and to U.S., you feel like everything is like New York City and Times Square. And so you, you come there and you think, okay, so you tell me from Harrisburg, Mississippi to Times Square, it's about 15 hours drive. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't know where I was going. You know, I just thought it's it's all skyscrapers and, you know, what you see in Hollywood. So little little bit of culture shock when you get to Mississippi. Yes, a <laughs> little bit, yes. I actually came to uh, New Orleans uh, for the first, you know, when I flew in. And the first thing I remember is as I walk out through the doors, just wave of heat, you know, just <laughs> slapping my face. Oh, felt yeah. like I was, you know, being oh, taken yeah. from the cold fridge of Russia and being transferred to the hot oven of the South. It was just, yeah, it was oh, life-changing. Yeah. So, so you go to play college uh, tennis at William Carey. And so how, how does that go? What is, what is the college tennis career like? Yeah, uh, it was fun. Yeah, um, again, most of my teammates, I think all of my teammates were international. And so out of 16 guys on the team, we had a big team uh, at William Carey. And so out of 16 guys, probably 15 were international. And so you just, wow. you know, live pretty much in the same door, share the, you know, on the same floor. And so you just travel together. It was fun. Um, but one, you know, funny thing to uh, that I always stands out in my mind as I came to William Carey. So I came on Sunday afternoon. Uh, on Monday morning, uh, my roommate from Germany wakes me up and he says, "You have to come." I'm thinking, "Where?" You know, I don't speak English. Uh, you know, I'm jet lagged. I I don't know where I am. I'm hot. Um, <laughs> and so at 8 a.m., they you know they they take me to this you know hall uh, where there's this big ceremony going on. So it's you know opening the semester. And it's a chapel, chapel service. So at William Carey, chapel service was mandatory. You miss more than two, you're kicked out. Oh, I wow. didn't know that. And so the president of the university at that time uh, gets up to the stage. There are seven chairs set up on the stage uh, with buckets next to the chairs. And so students, seven students get up. It might have been eight and ten. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was somewhere around seven. And so uh, he comes you know to those chairs gets on his knees and starts washing feet of all those students sitting in the chairs and i'm thinking 
what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, I, and you know, with also without understanding what's going on in the, I don't pick up on the English. I don't see what you know the whole ritual is about. And so mm. I think, all right, I need to go home. Uh, so that was my first experience, you know, with Christianity in <laughs> wow, America. The yeah. first, I was just thrown right into that. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, that was quite a quite an experience. Yeah. So, so as you're playing tennis, uh, you tell me the story of a specific team that y'all end up playing against. Because you didn't spend your whole tennis career at William Carey, right? No, I did not. That was actually yeah, I spent there only my first my freshman year, and so in about February. Our team played against University of West Alabama, and so when the, you know, teams in tennis, when we play each other, we shake hands with our opponents, and so the guys play against guys, girls against girls, and so uh, there was official introduction. So I heard this, um, you know, a name that you know seemed to me like from my hometown, you know, um, it was just a name from you know from my country. I thought, and so uh, there was Dasha Popova, and so I I thought, okay, uh, you know, I need to just talk to her, see, you know ask her questions about her school because I was just looking for a school to transfer at that time. It wasn't anything, you know, nothing to do with Baptist. I just, it was tennis-related <laughs> reasons. Right, right, right. You know, and so after the match, you know, we, we chatted for a few minutes. And so the, the thing that was going for me is that um, our team uh, played a little bit better than theirs. And so I asked her if she, was, she would talk to her coach, uh, you know, about me so that I could transfer to their school. Uh, and so... That's where we left off, and so we continued, you know, communicating after the match. And so, long story short, a few months later, I done my paperwork, and so next year I transferred to University of West Alabama, which is in Livingston, uh, about an hour and a half away. It's just, you know, another middle of nowhere. <laughs> you go from never, I've never been. You've never been. Yeah, you didn't miss much. You know, <laughs> uh, it was, uh, you know, Livingston. I love Livingston. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I would go there again if I, you know, had to do things all over again. So that was mm -hmm. awesome. But so next year I ended up at um, at Livingston, and so that's where I spent the last three years of my college. And yeah. And and Dasha, obviously, you've already told us, yeah. uh, ends up becoming your wife. So we're, we're yes. all. How did that happen? Did y'all start yes. dating before you got there? Or? No, 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 okay. no. So, yeah, again, I transferred there not uh, at that time, not because of Baptist, not because of her. It was just tennis related. And then, yes, later on, we started dating. Uh, so I, I come to, you know, I actually flew to Birmingham and I stayed uh, with Dr. Langston Haygood. So my first day at, you know, of coming to West Alabama, which I flew to Birmingham, I spent a few nights uh, at Langston's, who I'll let her talk about him a little more, uh, but he was a former uh, professor at Beeson Divinity School. Um, so yeah, I spent. Yeah, a few how how did you end up staying? With good good question. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you see, I'll have to go around in circles trying to explain this. Oh, story. oh, you're fine. Uh, which which for anybody who doesn't know who Langston Haygood is, as Anton just said, he's former professor at Beeson Divinity School. He served as a pastor here in the Birmingham area. Yeah. He founded. Covenant, Covenant Counseling yeah. here in Birmingham, which a lot of people are familiar with, and led that organization for years and years. Mm -hmm. um, and is uh, he's retired, but I do believe he's still active, uh, does a little bit of counseling here and there, yeah. mm -hmm. and um, and then he's been active. I didn't know mm -hmm. this till not that long ago, for a long time, in some uh, overseas uh, uh, yeah. efforts. Uh, yeah, that overseas effort, I don't think it ever stopped. I think mm -hmm. most other 
things he retired from still continue to be you know participating in those things but i think his missionary effort in ukraine never really was on pause from mm-hmm. what i know mm-hmm. so, so so how do you end yeah. up you you fly into birmingham yeah. how do you end up staying with because uh, dasha was already you know uh, ah, connected to him yeah. so a uh, long story short um uh, the mission that uh, Dr. Hager was leading to Ukraine, along with other people from you know Birmingham and other you know parts of the country, um, they were going to Ukraine from, and they would be much better telling this story than me. So I, I'm kind of butchering their story. Uh, for the last you know maybe three decades, we're talking about 30 years. I mean the USSR collapsed in '91, so it's now been 31 years, wow. and I think. Pretty much right at that point, they started, I mean, just they flooded Ukraine, especially there was a, a heavy uh, Presbyterian mission uh, mm-hmm. in Ukraine, and Dr. Langston is a, a PC, yeah. PCA pastor, yes. And um, so long story short, my, uh, Dasha's mother uh, is an English teacher, so she's an interpreter, and uh, just, you know, imagine the situation with me f- just for a second. It's early 90s, you know, um, the American missionaries are walking in this small village of Ukraine, you know, and uh, Dasha, my wife's, uh, Dasha's mother is just, you know, walking in her backyard pretty much and hearing this American speech. It's kind of like, in you know, early 90s, you hear a, a Russian speech in Gadsden, Alabama in some, you know, backyard. It's just, <laughs> it's very hard to imagine. Now right. it makes sense, right. you know. Yeah, people with internet think it's, you know, it's a lot more common. It really was not common. And so hmm. she ran into them and they were, you know, they were just coming to just a new field. They've never been, they don't have anyone working for them. And so they just needed interpreters. They needed somebody to translate for them. Uh, and they hired for her. Uh, Dasha's mother for this just to translate for her she was not a Christian not unbeliever and there were many others like this they just hired uh, and long story short you know when you interpret the scripture from you know my understanding as you translate it it kind of you know you have to filter it out and you have to think about this and so soon she came to faith she she wow. came to believe and so I did Dasha later and Dasha's father a few years later and so that's how she was connected to Langston, you know, wow. because Langston kept going there um, every year, sometimes a couple of times a year, sometimes once every two years. And so there, there's just a network of PCA, um, you know, lay people and ministers who teach in rural elders, elders who've been going to Ukraine. And so that's how she got connected to him. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah wow. so, so you move to uh, West Alabama and into your life come... Dasha and yeah. Langston Haygood. Yeah. And from there, I yeah. really want to, to hear the story of how you end up coming to faith. But before yeah. we make that transition, right. it's time for what we warned you about. <laughs> okay. We're going to take a break right here in the middle. Okay. We, we did warn him. We did. <laughs> so, Anton, it's time for the lightning round. Okay. Like we said, we take ourselves extremely seriously. I wish everyone could see your face right now with you listening to our jingles. It's another what have I gotten myself into <laughs> are these people. Well, welcome to the lightning round. This is a round where we're going to ask you some random, not so serious questions. And the challenge for you is to answer as quickly as possible. So whatever comes to mind first, you just answer with that. How does that sound? That sounds, I think I have one just in case I don't know what to answer. 
Yeah, and some questions may take longer, and that's totally Yeah, that's fine. true. We might ask you some we're, follow-up we're questions. We're very relaxed about the rules around here. All right, okay. JM, you want to start us off? Yeah, how do you like your eggs? That's a, that's a good question, you know. I I still don't know what I you know how I order my eggs when I go to restaurant. I just I want it liquid, whatever that means. <laughs> over uh, easy, over, over easy. easy, over easy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Uh, Hawaii. Okay. All right. Great answer. Do you snore? Sometimes. <laughs> okay, your house is on fire. I'm sorry about that. You have just enough time to run in and grab one inanimate object. Don't worry, your loved ones and pets... Do you have a pet? Two cats. Two cats. Okay, well, don't worry. They've already made it out safely. What's the one thing you're going to save from the blazing inferno? Uh, A photo album. From uh, from back home. That's that's probably the only thing. Oh wow, that's a great Assuming answer. Assuming everybody else is safe. That's right. That's right. Do you have a favorite tennis player? Like who's the goat? Who is like your, <laughs> oh, there you your go. who yeah, is your greatest of all time? Yeah, I think Federer <laughs> is. Even though right now, according to stats, he's not. But I think you know, in terms of class and just attitude and you know, beauty, he is. Yeah. Mm. Favorite junk food. Uh, ruffles cheddar ruffles <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> what's uh, while we're on food what's the strangest thing you've ever eaten mm. uh, sweet potato casserole <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the south i guess yes <laughs> <laughs> do you like barbecue uh i got to like it yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what would be like some cuisine from your homeland that we wouldn't have here in the United States? Um, Something that you like that we don't have. Here. You wouldn't have about everything. <laughs> uh, we eat lots of salads and soups, and so the most famous one you probably all know is borscht. Borscht is a beet soup, which is uh, really good. Yeah. What was the first concert you ever went to? Uh, the first concert I actually ever went to was here with my wife. It's it's strange because my wife is from Ukraine, but she loves country music, uh. which just makes no sense. Uh, and so we went to Blake Shelton's concert. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, Jonathan, I don't know if you remember this, but we oh, yeah. took a trip to Israel uh-huh. and got to talk with some Israeli college students, uh-huh. and they wanted to talk to us about country music. They, they loved, loved it. Yes. They loved country music. So what kind of music do you like? Right now, um, I'm into you know just Christian hymns, gospel music. I um, yeah, I don't listen to much music these days. Okay, you, this just, is you just broke John. I, no, 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 no. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I had to follow pick, up. If I, I were to pick up. someone, I would pick maybe Adele. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, Adele's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have this random question for you, and if this is a disaster, we'll just cut all this out. But <laughs> okay, but there is a reason why I'm asking you this. Okay. Have you ever heard of the band The Scorpions? I I have. I okay, go ahead. Okay, so they have this song called Wind of Change. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Does that does I that song no, does no that song mean anything to you? Like Yeah, a lot actually. It's funny you ask. So when I was learning English, you know, when I was fifteen, so one of the ways, you know, if you were to pick up, let's say Spanish right now, you would pick up Russian. You know, one one of the things that you would probably be advised to do is to um, sing and listen to the songs. And so, actually, 
the two you know bands that you know by which I was learning English was Beatles and Scorpions. And so Scorpions was probably, and I asked people around here and not many people know Scorpions. So yeah. Wind of Change and so many good songs, yes. Well, so I listened to this podcast one time. It's like eight or nine episodes. And it's about the Scorpions' Wind of Change mm-hmm. and kind of the whole, I mm-hmm. guess like the fall of the USSR mm-hmm. and yeah. the, mm-hmm. how that song played mm-hmm. a big role in mm-hmm. all of that. It is interesting though because one of the because uh, Wind of Change was such a huge yeah. song with like Russian and they're a German yeah. they're a German rock band yeah like they're popular for Rocky Like a Hurricane that was like their their like massive song uh, I gotcha, I gotcha. they but, are like, German I think they're a German mm. rock band interesting I, I always thought they were British but maybe yeah yeah it's pretty much you know when the USSR collapsed so many people's just hopes and dreams of just future you know they were just so imagine the United States collapses into states turns into countries right and you suddenly have you know 50 countries here right. I mean, right. that's that kind of thing that took place and so they just you know many famous bands just flooded you know yeah. former USSR countries because people were confused scared and they they try to inspire and say yeah it's a good change yeah that, yeah yeah mm. anyways that was totally random but I had that in my back pocket good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay. what is uh, the strangest family tradition in your family. Does your family have a strange family tradition? Uh, or one that's unique to your family? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, you know, just... I don't know. No, no, no. I'll give you a good cultural um, tradition that okay. is strange. So. Yes. You know, Russian culture is actually influenced by Christianity uh, a lot. And so there is this day, It's I think it's sometime in June, where people, uh, it's called uh, the day pretty much of John the Baptist, which not many people realize. And so, you know, what we know about um, John the Baptist, he was baptizing people. And so I think over the, you know, centuries, this, this tradition was picked up and it was changed and made more, you know, secularized or... Uh, it was more spiritualized, you know, in the wrong direction. That wasn't, you know, long story short, what people do, they just take buckets uh, outside, bottles, you know, water guns, and they just, you know, just flush people with water. I mean, if, if your windows in the car are open as you're driving by, they'll just, they'll just take the whole bucket and they'll just throw it into your car. And so people know that they just stay at home. Wow. So yeah. I've never heard of that before. It's pretty fun. What's the fastest you've ever driven in a car? Uh, uh, 95 okay. around that, yeah. kilometers or miles uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good question yes. I'm about to have to do some conversion you're, here out of all of our guests you're right in the middle right now I would say yeah. in my you know um, before re- re- regeneration days per regenerate state you know it was 95 yes now <laughs> I, I drive by the speed limit <laughs> that's right is there a TV show that you like that uh I guess when you lived in Russia that originated in the United States that they made a version for in Russia? Uh, good question. Uh, for the most part, we actually, we're watching everything you guys are watching here. So okay. well, they, they just translated, they interpreted it. And so, you know, every, we grew up, everybody is still probably watching Hollywood movies. So that okay. that's why, you know, yeah. when I was going to Harrisburg, I thought I was going to Times Square. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. How many languages can you speak? Unfortunately, just... English and Russian. Uh, un- unfortunately, unfortunately, you say. <laughs> yeah. You have you ever heard? You've heard the joke before, right? That if you speak two languages, you're bilingual. Mm-hmm. Three, you're trilingual. Mm-hmm. 
Four or more, you're multilingual. Mm. And if you speak one language, you're American. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, so that's that's all of that's the rest of us in this room. We only that's right. We only know one. How yeah. uh, were there any Beeson professors who could s- converse with you in Russian? Very good question. I feel like you know the answer to that. <laughs> Gerald Bray. <laughs> Gerald Bray is incredible. He he spoke perfect Russian. Wow. wow. He, I was gonna he, ask. Heard, he had less of an accent when speaking Russian than I have when speaking English. I mean, that guy uh, was educating me in Russian literature, and he gave me a book on Russian literature. I felt pretty embarrassed. <laughs> why, a Bri- <laughs> why a British guy, you know... And just for the record, he speaks eight yeah, more eight? languages at least. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he lived in Russia, I think, for a decade or so. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I knew... I had always heard that he would go to Russia and lecture in Russia. Yeah. That's what I had heard. Um and then I I'd heard a story once that he um, had dinner with a visiting uh, lecturer from Germany, and spoke perfect German the, um, at, at the entire dinner. It's unreal. Um, yeah, he he's crazy. I remember I, this is true. There was a day on Beeson's campus when I ran into him, and he was carrying around a copy of the first Harry Potter book, The Sorcerer's Stone, written in Attic. Greek, not what? modern Greek, not biblical Greek, like classical Attic Greek. I think I struggle. Why? I just struggle so much to read and speak in English that <laughs> it's true. I just can't fathom. Well, one thing about you know Russian, I heard uh, uh, is that that's the language we'll speak in heaven. <laughs> Russian? Yes. You know why? No, I don't. Because it takes a turn to to learn it. It, it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, sorry, hold on. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, no, that's great. That's okay, fantastic. I just have one more. All right, you close it out, Brad. Okay. If you could have dinner with mm. anyone from history, dead or alive, outside of the Bible. Outside of the Bible. Yes, we always have that preface. Mm. If you could have dinner with anyone from history, dead or alive, outside of the Bible, who would it be? I would want to, I guess, you know, you, you probably get this answer a, a lot, probably with C.S. Lewis, uh, mm, maybe Tolkien. Yeah. You know, I would want to meet them just because what, what, you know, fascinates me is that they, they have a really good sense of humor. So I, I just want to, you know, hear them That's say right. a few jokes, you know, alive. That's all. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Great answer. Well, all right. You well, survived. you have survived yeah. the lightning round. Very good. You excelled. <laughs> Oh, well, so back to your story. You're in West Alabama. Mm-hmm. Dasha and Langston have both entered your life, these yeah. two believers. Tell us tell us how you end up coming to faith. Yeah, um, you know, it was a, a long process uh, for me. I mean, I didn't take it really seriously, the, uh, the faith. I didn't. Um, and, you know, over the years, I was just introduced to more and more uh, Christians uh, in Birmingham. Langston and Emily, his wife Emily, they would come to Livingston, you know, just drop in to watch our tennis match. They would send us, uh, um, you know, like a birthday, you know, $50 gift card, which is just incredible. And I was just remember talking to us, I was like, why are they doing this? What's, what's wrong with these people? Why, <laughs> why, why do they want to drive two hours just to watch us play tennis? And uh, we would come to Birmingham, we would stay at Langston's. Uh, he would host, uh, you know, host us. He, 
just introduces to other people. And so, you know, I was kind of opening up to Christianity, but still wasn't taken seriously because for the most part, I thought, well, just, you know, it's an American thing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's just something they do here. It's, it's just common to them, not really common to me. And so it didn't um, influence me as much until I was meeting more and more Russian uh, speakers, people from, you know, so to speak, my part of the world who were, who were Christian mm-hmm. and who were, um, you know, um, evangelical, who were Presbyterian, who were something else other than Russian Orthodox. And mm-hmm. so when I was meeting them, I'm thinking, why, why, why do they believe in this? And so uh, over the years, I've met a several. Um, now uh, met a, you know, also a lady that is related to my wife's family and Langston knows her very well. Anna, she's actually now uh, our children's ministry, director of children's ministry at the church where I work oh, wow. and minister. Uh, so yeah, just was meeting uh, lots of these people and the Lord was just leading me to, you know, to think more and more about my faith, you know, arousing my interest to read the Bible, to think of spiritual things. And so 2014, we got our bachelor's degree in psychology. We went to East Tennessee State University. So, you know, I moved from Hattiesburg to Livingston to Johnson City, Tennessee. I mean, you, it's like going from one country capital to another, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so um, we were there in a, in a graduate program for mental health counseling. Uh, you know, Dasha wanted to work with children, you know, in foster care and adoption, mainly in international adoption because... You know, she saw just all these children being adopted from Ukraine and Russia, and then they come come in here and they they just not adjusting very well. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard of international adoptions, it's not always easy and fun. It, sure. It's a very difficult um, you know tr- transition in general. And so at that time, I would just wanted to do sports counseling. I still was into tennis. I still was into professional sports, and so I thought I'm going to become a sports psychologist or counselor. counselor. Uh, when we were in East Tennessee, uh, started attending a small PCA church there. I was reading more and more of the Bible. The Lord was convicting me of my sins, so I tried to, you know, try to pursue holiness and purity without really knowing the Lord Jesus. And you know, it's difficult. It was difficult. Uh, I realized I couldn't do it on my own. Dasha and I got married. Um, we moved back to Birmingham in 2016 and Dasha got a job in a counseling center here in Birmingham uh, uh, and at that time you know I was just meeting with Langston a lot uh, and 2016 it was summer I sat in his basement I prayed the sinner's prayer I you know asking Langston you know is the heaven going to open up is they going to ride and trumpet how, how how will I know when I'm a Christian and he just said just do this with me and so we sat and prayed and, you know, I'm sure the Lord was working in my heart uh, years and months before this. But if I was to attribute to a point in time, that would be that. Um, and so we joined a PCA church that, that same month. I joined two different Bible studies, uh, Wednesday and Friday morning, 6 a.m. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and so I was meeting Langston and just asking questions like, you know, if I'm saved by grace... Why doing it? Why can't I just sit in the couch right, all right. my life, you know? <laughs> start asking him how the believers were saved in the Old Testament and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what do you mean predestination, predestination just election? Right, just, right. just all these questions. And he said, Antonio, you have many questions. I think you need to go to seminary. <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer. And I thought, yeah. thank you very much. I've done enough school. 
Uh, there are many reasons why I won't. <laughs> and so just out of respect uh, to Langston, I did uh, look up uh, Beeson, you know, at Semfred, and I was glad to find out that uh, the application, um, it was deadline. And the deadline was two weeks ago, and so I was late. And uh, so anyway, I just, you know, did the application, and they invited me for an interview. And then I was again glad to find out I couldn't afford Semfred, and so they were gracious to give me a good scholarship. And so... Mm. A year, you know, after I sat in that basement, a year later, I was my, you know, uh, first year at Beeson. Which, wow. Yeah. That should just be should just be the requirement for for all like you become a believer, and a year later you're in seminary. Yeah. That's just how it works. <laughs> no. So in your That's mind, crazy. to to go back a little bit, yeah. Uh, something you said I thought was so interesting. So in your mind, did you see? kind of Russian Orthodoxy and then American Evangelical Christianity is almost two separate religions or two different things? Because you talked about it being yeah. an American thing. Yeah, yeah. It's so all, I was just curious. Yeah, you almost view it as a different religion. Hmm. You know, it's it's Christianity, but uh, it's almost it's, it's different. That's how we view it. Uh, I mean, everything is different. I don't know if you've ever been to an Orthodox service. You... you you know, you, you I might, you, you I might have been to uh, Russian Orthodox. I've been yeah. to Greek Orthodox. Yeah. You might erase it from this podcast because your members will start flooding the Russian Orthodox Church. But the, <laughs> there is one about 20, 30 minutes away from here. I think it's one of the oldest churches actually around here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I don't remember where you, you'll, you can Google it. It's a, it's a small church. I actually had to go there for Dr. Ross's uh, ecclesiology uh, worship yeah. class yep. uh, yeah. for the requirement. Yeah, uh, had to go to Catholic service and Orthodox service. So I went to Russian Orthodox. It's quite an experience. You, you, you'll know why it's different. Again, mm-hmm. it's just everything different. You know, from the music, from the just the whole liturgy. You know, uh, mm-hmm. preaching. It, it just totally opposite thing. Um, so yeah, I I, mm-hmm. I didn't even compare them. It was just totally another thing. Yeah. 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 So what was it like? Stepping into Beeson, you were becoming a new believer, and yeah, I felt like I was catching up for the most part all my four years with everyone else because you know, for the most part, everyone else was in ministry already. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've grown up, you know, in churches, they you know, even if they didn't study Bible intensely, at least they knew of all this, you know, Noah Ark stories and Moses in the wilderness from you know, Sunday school classes, uh, mm-hmm. children's VBS, and that sort, and so. Uh, when I got to Beeson, I was, you know, reading Bible maybe for the second or third time in my life, you know, from cover to cover. So mm-hmm. it was a very new thing. But, you know, uh, I told Langston, you know, if I will go to Beeson, uh, it's mainly just to get a, you know, a theological background to do Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. So I never really planned at that time to go to ministry and right. be the position in which I serve now. Um, so it, it was just, you know, just as hard as it could get, you know, <laughs> uh, first semester you're taking, um, Greek, you know, um, you're taking all the church history. So it was very, very new, very interesting. I did enjoy just the, the class and the quality of, you know, the education that Beeson provides, you know, just the, the classes were never boring. It just, you could feel it's just world-class, you know, professors, you know, publishing books that ever, everybody around the world reads. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. could feel that right away. And so I was very appreciative of the, just love that opportunity to study at such a prestigious university. Did Did you have a favorite professor, favorite class, um, anything like that? I'll say several. Uh, I would say Dr. Beckwith is excellent at teaching church history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Smith, of course, uh, teaching um, preaching. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. House, uh, 
Old Testament yeah. theology. It was probably the hardest class actually I've taken at Beeson, and I, the one I'm learning the most. I, I want to. Uh, sorry, everybody that's listening is probably getting bored at this point because it's like inside Beeson talk. I so want to audit. Uh, Dr. Howell's teaching Old Testament because when I was there, he was the associate dean and he didn't really uh, teach classes. Huh. Um, yeah. So I had Dr. Matthews, who was also great, right. uh-huh. but I always hear just people yeah. rave about Dr. Howell's yeah. class. So. And the last one probably be Dr. Bells, as uh, you know, you, you'd hear now even Dr. Sweeney, the new dean, speaking so highly of him and how you know he always gets the highest, you know. Right. Uh, you know, writings from students, just, you know, he's, he's a Christian counselor. And so it's good that he's now a full-time faculty. Yeah. Now, almost everybody listening here, uh, especially if they've been at Shades for a long time, will know who you're talking about okay. with Dr. Bowles. Because, yeah. So Gordon Bowles moved to Birmingham uh-huh. to be on staff at Shades Valley. Okay. That was okay. years and years ago before any of us were here. Huh. But so he started out in ministry huh. here and then... Uh, ended up transitioning into okay. counseling and all that. I so so we all here. know Gordon, yeah? Interesting. Um, yep. But that's awesome. So, okay, so at what point in your process kind of through Beeson does uh, ministry as a vocation kind of begin to come into the picture? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I dove into, you know, just all this theological education, I, yeah, I just had the desire, you know, to, to teach, to share, you know, and all just – you know, I was young uh, Christians. So I was a baby Christian. I still consider myself somewhat young uh, in terms of my faith. And so I was thinking of ways of how I can test, you know, whether I'm fit for it. And so I have been, you know, coaching a little bit of tennis here in Birmingham. And so uh, if you play recreational tennis in Birmingham, you'll know that um, it's big. Okay, you might be listener. You might have listeners who play in tennis. Recreational oh, leagues I, are very. I know, big. I know of one. I know of one. Elizabeth. Do y'all know the Elizabeth Ann Henderson, big time, no. like lifelong tennis player, and she still plays. She well, does. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Most of my, you know, guys there in their, you know, thirties, forties, and fifties, and so, uh, and I mean, they play four or five times a, a week. Yeah. So they take it seriously, and so I have this group of men. Uh, that I've been coaching, and so I thought, how, well, why, why don't we just start a little Bible study and see how that goes? Um, you know, it was really just see, you know, wh- whether uh, they like it, whether I'm fit. You know, maybe right, I'll right, just right. fail and then I'll repent and <laughs> never do it again. So um, yeah, we've all been there. The good thing is, yeah, the Lord, the Lord, you know, wipes away all our sins, and so I knew I could always rely on that. Um, but yeah, I started doing that Bible study and I enjoyed it. It was small, you know, it was five, six guys, mm-hmm. uh, but it was going well. And so, um, for my last year, I had to do an internship. I'm glad that Beeson has that requirement for all the students. I had to do an SMP, a student ministry practicum. And so I got connected to Third Presbyterian Church to, um, to, to that, uh, it's, it's a church in downtown, um. It's a small PCA church, and so I started doing my internship there, and that was now two years ago. And so I did my internship there, and they offered me a position of an assistant pastor, which has um, been a difficult road. You know, just to say now I'm an assistant pastor, which, you know, I've been ordained and installed, and uh, I now have, I'm working there full-time, but we had to go through a lot of immigration hurdles to mm-hmm. really, you know, uh, just get through all the immigration paperwork, which was a 15-month process, very complicated, wow. very difficult. And so it was uh, actually miraculous. Uh, it wasn't g- going to go through, but it did. 
Um, well, and you said you've been there for two years. Two now. years. So, so you must have started like right around when COVID hit. Yes, I actually. It's yes, like I, welcome to ministry. Yes, I came to ministry in summer 2020. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, How'd you like the pandemic class at BC? Did yeah. that teach you a lot? Yeah. 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 yeah really, really helpful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I like that class. We were talking about you know how to go about the masks and the vaccines. It was very, you know, yeah. very I'll, helpful. It was real practical. Yeah. It's very practical. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my word. So. Oh no! So so you've been at Third Presbyterian uh, since then, and the senior pastor there is uh, Michael Brock. Michael Brock. I don't yes. know if I know Michael Brock. Yeah. He, he he came to Third, I think about four years ago. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. So Third has a long history. Um, it's it's now close to 140 years old. It's going to be wow. you know in a couple of years. So. It, it, some people might know Brother Brian, you know, Brother Brian oh, Mission, yeah, yeah. Brother Brian Park. So, mm. um, Brother Brian, you know, by the name he was um, known, uh, he was the first pastor, founding pastor of Third. Okay. And yeah. so, yeah, it's a, it's a old historic downtown church, beautiful. Uh, it's, I love, I love the church. I love the people. It's, awesome place so you're working there is your is your wife still working with the counseling no center? actually my wife had to stop uh, counseling a year after again because of the just the immigration uh, situation she was uh, she had the permission to work and that the permission expired and gotcha. so we were here on the status of just international student uh, which uh, is which limits the you know your your ability to work and so she, she had to stop to uh, not to break any laws, and so she hasn't been working since then. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But it's not like she hasn't been doing anything because y'all uh, have two little yeah, ones, right? Yeah, we have right? two girls, yes. Uh, two girls, uh, Zoe and Nellie. Nellie is a month old, so she has her hands full, <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. y'all have been sleeping a ton is what you're saying. Y- yes, yes. Uh, I-, I love it these days, yes. Anton, um, man, thank you so much just for coming, for sharing your story, and just... I mean, just it's it's just so beautiful just to see the way uh, the Lord is at work on a global scale, right? Yeah. From working through uh, a ministry in Birmingham, Alabama, and the life of Langston Haygood, to yeah. see a family in Ukraine yeah. come to faith that yeah. is going to end up forming a marriage between yeah. your wife and and you, who's from Russia, but right. in Alabama, it, yeah. it's just incredible just yeah. to see the way that the Lord's providence yeah. is at work. Yeah. And and just it's so encouraging to to hear your story. Uh, I would ask just as we uh, as we finish here, um, how could we be praying for you? Maybe praying for uh, Third Presbyterian, yeah. mm-hmm. praying for your family, mm-hmm. um, and then if you want to share as well. I mean, obviously your your bride still has family friends in Ukraine, yeah. so maybe mm-hmm. how we'd be praying for Ukraine. Sure, yeah. Um, so you know I'll, I'll try to address you know the needs that you just raised so sure, for sure. our family just you know we're we're grown family we i feel like most parents were still learning how to parent you know i don't think you ever mastered that so right. just you know pray for wisdom and patience and compassion you know, the discernment to know when to discipline when to forgive mm-hmm. when to you know uh, show grace it's just sometimes hard you don't know um how to parent and so you know we're trying to walk in the ways of the Lord. We, you know, we have great um, communion of the saints in our church who are just giving us, you know, great advices. So just keep praying that we continue to to do a faithful job with raising our children. 
Um, churches uh, is doing very well. We are right in downtown. We're doing, um, you know, evangelism and outreach in the community. People in our church do evangelism just personally, you know, with their neighbors, friends. Uh, we minister to students at UAB, and so pray that the Lord would just bless those evangelistic and outreach efforts yeah. uh, as we have several uh, students, um, you know, coming to our church, and we just w- want to serve them well. We want to meet their needs, and we want them just, you know, uh, to grow in a relationship with God, and we, would ju- we, we just love to participate in that, and so just, you just pray that the Lord would bless our efforts. Um, and so for uh, my wife's family, so yes, so her grandparents, her grandmother and grandfather on her mother's side and her grandfather, uh, sorry, and grandmother on her father's side, they're still there. And they're in a small town called Ismail, which is in Odessa region. It's right in the, you know, south of Ukraine. Uh, it's right on the border with Romania. Uh, so thankfully they haven't yet been, you know, hit, but if that goes on, they, they might. Uh, so the, her grandparents obviously didn't evacuate like most people did not, you know, um, they, they want to stay there. You know, I think I might've said in my piece that, you know, if the war was to come to this place, I, I really can't imagine 70, 80 year olds living their home, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, I grew up here. It is my home. You come take it, you know, over my, over my body. So mm-hmm. that's the attitude that they've taken. And so it just. Uh, we gotta honor it, gotta respect it. At the same time, we, you know, we love them and we care for them, and so we don't want anything to happen to them. Right. Um, so they, they, most people that we know, most of our friends with the missionaries, so Dasha's just, you know, school friends, you know, tennis friends. They, they're still there. Pretty much no one left, mainly because men cannot leave the country. So men of military age, which I think is like 18 to 65 years old, they cannot leave, and so. Uh, you know, people our age, their late 20s, early 30s, they're there because their wives are not going to go uh, with their children to a foreign country by themselves without income. It just, you know, mm-hmm. y- you, you you hate to go, but you, you know, it, it's, you're staying in a situation of war, so it's a, it's just a difficult situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, most missionaries that we know, they stayed because they just want to witness. You know, they want, you know, if this was to end a couple of years later, people might look back and say, we know these people stayed. You know, they stayed because they love us. They want to minister and they're for real. You know, they're here really to, to spend their lives with us, to suffer with us. They didn't leave. And so these people are really right in the midst of that, you know, uh, ministering, doing all sorts of ministry. I mean, cooking, preparing, you know, sewing uh, clothes, uh, delivering things, you know, obviously sharing the gospel, uh, holding small groups, you know, worship services. They still... Life goes on, uh, even when the, you know the sirens goes on. Uh, the sirens mm. go on. People have to hide, but the you know the spiritual life is still on. And so, mm. you know, I, I've shared in my piece that you know seriously was said that um, the time of war you know reminds people that you're not going to live forever. And mm. most people realize they're not going to live forever. And so more and more people, uh, you know, ask spiritual questions. They ask for prayer. They pray, even people who weren't, uh, you know, interested in Christianity. Even even now, they don't know, they don't know God, but their, you know, spiritual interest is definitely been aroused because they know that what else are you going to cling to, you know, when you're hiding with the children in the bathtub and, you know, you might get hit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a scary time. So in terms of Ukraine, uh, just pray for the conversion of souls that, 
you know, at the end of the day, people need to repent, uh, even though they're stuck in that situation for the repentance, uh, so that the ministry of all those missionaries, you know, of, uh, that we know others, there are so many of them right now. Uh, Langston, I don't know, wants to jump on the plane and go there, <laughs> mm. you know, uh, and so there are many people who just want to go back and, um, yeah, because the, the, the harvest right now is plentiful um, and it, the, the time is ripe where people are ready to receive the message because they really have nothing to cling to right now. Wow. Uh, so pray for that. Um, uh, pray for, you know, basic things, you know, like communication. You know, the people wouldn't lose communication. We've lost communication with several friends for weeks and you think, are they dead? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do they... Why didn't they respond? And a lot of times they're not responding there. They could be dead. They, uh, they're hiding, you know, in this cellar underground for weeks without food and water. I mean, we hear the stories. So pray that the war would end, you know, that, the, that it would just, the conflict would, would stop, um, that the lives would be saved. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, Anton, thank you so much um, just for taking time out of your schedule to come yeah. and to spend with us and to share with us how we can be praying for um, the situation uh, with the war and also with uh, the specifics surrounding uh, your family and, and church. Right. So, man, it's been uh, it's been my joy. I'm, I'm so thankful uh, that we were able to get coffee and just that yeah. uh, able to continue getting to know each other. I'm thankful that Brad and JM got to, to mm -hmm. meet you today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, uh, I hope that we'll just get to continue to grow in, in friendship. And, and right now we will uh, definitely be praying for sleep in your household. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> With that yes. new little one. So Very much needed. Yes, thank you. Well, I think that about wraps us up. That's it. This has been another episode of Shades Midweek. Thanks for listening.